and welcome to another episode of the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Today, we're going to learn something new and interesting in the world of Americana roots and folk music. But before we get to that, I want to say a quick reminder to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're on social media, give me a follow if you haven't already. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Just search up the name of the show and you'll find me there. All right, let's get to today's episode. Today, I chatted with Nathan Mongol Wells of the band The Ottoman Turks. He plays with uh, Joshua Ray Walker in that band. He has a solo project out now that sounds fantastic, and we had a great conversation. He was on his way to play a show with Rhett Miller of the old 97s, and so he was a little spotty in areas, um, and I had to edit it and whatnot, but if there's a little areas where it, it kind of hiccups a little bit. I apologize for the audio on that, but otherwise, it was a fantastic conversation. The album sounds great. So here you go. Cool, cool. Well, uh, yeah, this project is a solo project, but you also play in the Ottoman Turks. And I was wondering if you could talk about um, how you chose to do or why you chose to do these songs in a, in a solo fashion versus uh, with the with the band. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's sort of become clearer over time. Like, so Turks started when we were in high school. Um, and, you know, when we uh, for the first few years of our existence we were just doing whatever we were into at the time and slowly uh as we i think developed our musical taste more uh, um turks developed a musical style more and then that sort of made it clearer as we were going like that there were some songs that would get pushed more to solo projects or just lent themselves better to that um sort of outlet and 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 so all of us except for we've been telling our drummer paul for years that he needs to have some like just spoken word record or something so that we can all we can say we all have solo projects because the rest of us do um and have been doing that for a long time at this point um but it just kind of makes sense i mean there's a certain sound or a certain theme uh and it's not it's not black and white there's some crossover uh, there's definitely a couple songs on this record that i could have brought to turks but for whatever reason either um uh you know the content maybe is more personal in us in a way that wouldn't um lend itself to turks or i just you know have a different sort of sound for it in mind because you know when you when you bring it to the band i think you kind of well you never know what to expect but you just know what those personalities are going to bring to it and maybe you know i'm being a little bit more per, uh um i don't know what the precious with it maybe but not in such a, a bad way because i do i mean obviously i love everything the turks do um to songs that i bring right right so were these songs um written specifically for this or is this more like um songs that you thought probably wouldn't work with the turks and you just kind of held on to them for a while yeah i, I think generally all the latter um some are newer than others you know some i've been sitting on for a really long time um but they were all songs that you know i i quietly been performing solo, you know, for a long time, um, alongside Turks and, you know, acoustic shows and song swaps and things like that. So these are a lot of the songs that I would bring out for that in addition to like acoustic versions of Turk songs. Um, but it was just obvious that, you know, these were waiting to be recorded and put out into the world, um, that way. Yeah. For sure, that makes sense. Yeah, there's there's a number of songs that have um, it, it, it's a pretty cool and unique vibe. Like um, Tom Waits kind of came to mind when I was listening to it, um, and I was interested oh, yeah. in um, in influences and uh, artists that you may have been thinking about um, when you're writing these songs. 
Yeah, I mean, Tom Waits is, is my number one. Um, uh, just, I, there was like a clear shift when I discovered him. Um, so a friend burned me a, a CD of swordfish trombones and showed it to all of our friends and more or less just to laugh at it because it sounds so strange and goofy when you first hear it, you know? And I mean, I was laughing too. And then slowly I was like, I think I really like this. Um, and that was sort of a gateway drug into a lot of like roots music and, and um, you know, reverse engineering, like his influences and stuff like that. Um, but there's also a lot of country and uh, really early on in me enjoying music for me, you know, uh, Hank Williams was a part of that. Um, and I just love that sort of for both of them, really like the simple kind of um, songwriting style that I kind of bare bones, uh, but very effective, great melodies, you know, and just kind of keeping it uh, exactly what it needs. Um, but yeah, and then some more modern artists too. I Hank uh, or Hayes Carl was huge for me um, when I first was like trying to figure out how I wanted to write country music uh, because he showed me how to do it and heartbreaking and beautiful um, and, and references like the classic country without being just a direct ripoff of, you know, a Hank Williams song or something like that. Um, and then, you know, there's stuff on the rock side too. I mean, I listen to a lot of uh Primus and strokes was really big uh, my first band was basically a strokes cover band um so yeah that's not a bad reference a little bit all over the place yeah strokes are a great band for sure that's cool yeah it's funny you mentioned that it's it's funny you mentioned the kind of having like a sea change artist um like you listen to somebody and then it kind of everything forward kind of changes and i was probably I think 2001 um, Steve Earle put out an album called Jerusalem and uh, that album was life-changing for me in the same way it was like I, I was playing in punk bands and I had never allowed myself to listen to roots music and that that album kind of did that for me cool all right well um, I wanted to talk about a, a couple of the songs and um, I, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right is it um, Beulah Land is that is that the right pronunciation Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you could talk about that song. I, I love that one, and um, I, I thought it had a cool vibe to it. Adapted from like some old tune that I've written and just sort of left abandoned for a long time. And I picked it up in, uh, I guess it was like 2017, and and rewrote it and you know rearranged it a little bit, uh, tried to actually finish it um, in the way that I would play it now, you know. And it became it shifted from like a murder ballad type song to uh, more figurative, I guess, murder ballad type song about like losing a friend, uh, the death of a friendship, you know, some sort of um, conflict has gotten in the way. And so it's the, the narrator or um, the singer looking back at that and saying like, you know, maybe someday we will meet again in the, in the afterlife, so to speak. Um, but lamenting, you know, the loss of a friend, uh, I think it's, pretty devastating at times um, or can be so right yeah yeah that makes sense well the the song also um rather go to hell um i think has a message that a lot of people can connect with um especially with uh, the the way the economy is and, and workers and all that um but uh, yeah can you talk about the message behind that song a little bit yeah i mean yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head um it's, i work construction while and i always say that song just sort of leapt out of me you know well after that um but it's definitely just uh 
you know, you got to get up and, and, and get to work if you want to survive. Right. And sometimes that's, you're not in the best situation, uh, or you hate the work you're doing. It could be a million things. I've had a million jobs. In fact, recently I had a, another interview ask, like, what's your favorite job you've ever had? Like day job. And I was like, I don't know if I've had like a favorite, they were all fine and a means to an end. But so that song comes from that perspective of just like, um, for me, very literally taking a look at the work I was doing in that moment and, and, uh, taking the opportunity to complain a minute about it. <laughs> what kind of construction work did you do? Um, so when I first hired on, we were, um, this was down in the college town where I graduated college and actually went to college for architecture. So I was like, well, this is a job I can get. And it sort of, you know, correlates to, uh, my degree, and um, we were putting windows and doors into this massive like student housing complex that they were building down there. Uh, it was eight stories tall. We had to get on lifts um, with like the harnesses, the you know, um, safety harnesses. And um, the whole thing lasted, it was supposed to last like the summer and then it lasted almost a year uh, as most construction projects do, I think. Um, but it was, you know, interesting. I, I enjoyed the guys I worked with. Um, and I got paid pretty well for it. So that's always a comfort, but man, it was either hot or cold, rarely in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Back in college, I used to, um, I did a bunch of odd jobs, but I did, um, uh, granite, uh, putting in granite countertops for a while. Oh, wow. And, uh, we did uh, a student housing at, at the university and it was such a rushed crazy job. I did a couple 16 hour days. Um, and there was like a million yeah, dudes there just like, you know, electrical. And I, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, there's this, they, they, this threw this thing together so much. Like it wouldn't surprise me if like something, if this thing crumbled down. And then about 10 years later, um, there was an explosion where someone at the basement of that building didn't do the, uh, the natural gas correctly. And it like blew up like the bottom of the building they had to evacuate all the kids. Oh my God. No one got hurt luckily, but uh, <laughs> it's in Reno. So the kids had to, That's spend, a miracle. Wow. They, they had to spend the semester at a casino that the university paid for. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we were all wondering the same. Like, I'd love to go back and, and ask some of the students there, like, hey, do your doors work? Because we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That happens. All right. Well, the, the another song that I really liked was uh, Juarez, and um, it just had a, a different vibe to it, a little more upbeat and whatnot. And uh, I was wondering if you could tell us about that one as well. Yeah, um, so that kind of stems from a, a way back, like our old Turks. The Ottoman Turks actually had a record that came out, our, our very first one we ever recorded. It never came out, really. We just, like, burned CDs for friends and family, um, put it on Bandcamp, uh, called Juarez. And it was sort of like the start of this concept album um, that the idea that, I, that me and Billy Law, the bass in Turks, talked about a lot. So the idea never really left me, and I, I still have this song um, uh, you know, kind of sitting in the back of my mind all this time and figured this was the perfect opportunity because it fit into the, it really fit into the story that I was trying to tell with this record too. Um, and so Billy Law actually plays bass on this track. So it was nice to finally get to do it. And so, um, yeah, what other, I know you're probably going to be um, uh, playing these songs live and touring and stuff, but uh, do you have any projects coming up this year? Are you guys going to be hitting the road solo or with the band or what's coming up this year for you? Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. Um, with 
the solo thing, especially like I, I was hoping that uh, it would be a good sort of vehicle for me to get out as often as possible. Um, because all of these songs I can, I can really uh, sort of, perform well and effectively solo and get the point across, you know, or with a full band, um, which I've done a couple times. I've got the, so the, the album comes out August 18th and, uh, hopefully, yeah, for the rest of the year and, and the next one, just fill that up with as road work as I can. Cause there's a lot of places, you know, it's just tough with, uh, you know, even two guys, but three guys, four guys to get out and get everybody's schedules lined up. And, um, we all still have day jobs at this point because, uh, let's see what um, and so, yeah, I'm not, I think the goal is to kind of be a little bit, uh, freer with it. Um, and meanwhile, Ottoman Turks is, uh, we're writing new songs and trying to get uh, in the studio for our third record, uh, some point soon, hopefully before the year's up, but it all depends on me finishing these five songs or so that we've got left. No pressure. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, if people want to find out more about you and uh, find merch and, you know, what, where your shows are coming up and all that, what, what's the best place to look for you online? Um, so that would be mongolwells.com, M-O-N-G-O-L-W-E-L-L-S.com. Try and keep it updated. It's just me doing it. But uh, it has the store and, and um, photos, tour dates, and all the other things. Have you, uh, have you ventured into uh, the world of TikTok yet on social media? A little bit, yeah. I am getting older every day, and I feel like that one's just... It, I think it's more the time commitment that that requires that um, has, has steered me away from it. But no, I've done a little bit. I've done, like, you know, uh, show clothes, fit checks, and uh, just done some promo for the, for the record and put that up on uh, TikTok. And, you know, I mean, it's fun. I can't deny that I don't watch them nearly constantly <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I, I got into it about uh six eight months ago and i've been having fun with it um it's not just dancing i think there's a weird misconception out there right you know it, i think it's pretty cool it's a cool platform yeah i, I have yet to dance on there but you never say never <laughs> i feel you all right man well uh, i appreciate you connecting with me and uh i think the album sounds great i wish you the best of luck out there with it and um have a great show with uh with with brett tonight that sounds fun thank you so much man yeah i appreciate you uh putting this together and 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 asking nice questions about this record i mean just the fact that you've listened to it uh means a whole lot so thank you yeah for sure all right man have a good one you too Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Leave a rating and tell a friend. Also, big thanks to Charlie Marks for providing the music for the show. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one.